0: you mm-hmm. live. Hello, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Women's Empowerment Series. This is a new episode today, and I have an amazing guest with me from Washington. Karima, it's such an honor to have you. Welcome, my dear.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Hind. It's my pleasure.
0: It's uh, good morning. Good morning to you. This is your morning. We see still afternoon from this side of the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, And I am so excited. This is, you know, this is a women's empowerment series is a series that we organize to uh, have a conversation about uh, different uh, fields uh, and different women from different levels who are doing amazing jobs in their expertise in their area uh, of work, but also who are impacting the world through everything that they do. And you are an amazing leader. And so it's really nice to have you with me today.
1: Oh, my God. I look forward to the conversation. I know it's going to be a great one. I've watched the history of your interviews, and they've been amazing. So, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is so true. And you know what's amazing is just we have incredible women who are doing so well in different fields. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this morning I'm so happy to talk about, you know, legal issues, uh, being, you know, you are a lawyer, you are a CEO, you are a founder, and you are also helping women in boardrooms and men in boardrooms boardrooms to excel and to rise. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell tell us about you and, uh, you know, how you came to this career.
1: Oh, wonderful. Well, uh, welcome everyone. My name is Karima Mariama Arthur. I am the founder and CEO of Ward Smith Rapport. Uh, it is an executive consulting firm that specializes in leadership <laughs> development and organizational performance management. I've also been a corporate attorney for the past 20 years or so. And how I came into entrepreneurship was an interesting sort of trek, if you will. Mm-hmm. I found that being an attorney was really the great love of my life, but at some point I realized that there was more for me to do, and I found that there were big gaps, you know, big, big gaps in the area of leadership development, especially at the executive level, and they needed to be addressed, and based on the skills and experience that I had had, my past performance in the corporate arena really positioned me in a unique place to be able to bring that knowledge and skill set uh, at the at the corporate level, um, in the boardroom, and at the management level as well.
0: Wow, this is nice. So as you observe that there are some things missing, you're like, okay, why don't I take the lead and actually be the one that is filling the gap in what's missing? Whoa, this is so <laughs> powerful. It is powerful because yeah. you acted on it because a lot of people see that you know there are problems, things are missing, but they don't really take that leap and, you know, get the confidence to actually go on and, and build a company and do it. How was it to really start doing that? You know, was it just confidence? Was it just a drive? Was it believing in the need for what you do?
1: I think a combination of all of the three and also that angst, I think that every entrepreneur feels when they feel that there's something more to be done and it just hasn't been done yet. And that internal drive to get to the other side is what takes you because, you know, it reminds me of the great work of Angela Duckworth in Grit, because my beginning was a lot like many beginnings, probably when it comes to entrepreneurship, is -hmm. that you have good days, you have days where you feel fully inspired and motivated, but you also have days when you're questioning your worth your ability to contribute, um, how well this will really make an impact on the industry. And I had an artful mix of those days, but it was the grit that desired that I had to get to the other side no matter what, was what kept me through and what drove me to today.
0: Yeah. I love that. It was the grit. I love that word and you you embody it so well because it's like you persevere, you're like, I'm getting to that other side. Where yeah. did you Where do you think you got that drive from? Is it growing up? Is it from your studies? Where did it come from? Let's go, Ooh, I, yeah. Let's go back. Yeah, <laughs> to the very to the core. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, it wasn't anything I learned in school. For example, mm-hmm. like we talk a lot about the soft skills and how we don't, we don't really get those uh, in an academic. No,
0: level. that's true.
1: Yeah, I think you know I grew up in California, and I think uh, you know. I had a lot of strong female role models who also had a rough way to go, and I learned, you know, what it was like to dig down deep. And even when things don't look the way you want them to, when they don't feel the way they look, them you want them to, for mm-hmm. you to move through that, uh, get that internal drive, that fire that just will not burn out, and move um, even when you don't feel like doing it, even when you don't have the confidence of other people to help support you. You can yeah. still get to the other side and i think that's what sustained me you know through my law school career through my professional really? career and certainly as an entrepreneur
0: so it was really female role models that helped you looking yes. up to other women
1: yes in my family and you know i have to really? say yeah and and it wasn't that these women that i'm talking about were some big successes in the corporate yes. world or in the legal world it was who they were as yes people. their value so Your
0: family who was that
1: Yeah, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I was also inspired a lot by my grandma. That's interesting. And it's true, we do find some strength in them, even though you think the world doesn't see it, but you're like, wow, you can see me this way. I
1: love that. Exactly. I would say too, you know, one thing for my grandmother's part, she had a sort of a mantra and she never wanted me to be bound. And I Mm -hmm. remember when I gave one of my first public speaking talks in the area of entrepreneurship, I talked about the way she wanted me to break the chains that bind. And for that, I always keep that sort of as a visual, but also as a sentiment. If I feel that I'm in a place Where I need really need to get some wiggle room, where I really need to be able to bust through, you know, make a breakthrough. I think about what she said, and I I feel myself available and able to break those chains that find whether mental shackles or any other type of you know bureaucracy, I I break them.
0: So what did she say? Can you say it again slowly for everyone to hear it?
1: To break the chains that bind. And those
0: chains, yeah. To break the chains. That bind, yes. the one that holds you down. Yes, yes. Wow, mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's very, very pioneer, I must say, for the <laughs> alcohol. It is, right? You yeah. know, there is something that really strikes me also uh, when you listen to Maya Angelou and the way she said when she goes speaking on stage and she's nervous, she's like she goes and she takes her grandma with her, her mother, everyone that loved her. I thought that was the most beautiful image. And that's what you do. That's what I do. You know, like you go and you're like, I'm not alone. I have all these incredible women role models who are with me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I love that. (laughs) That's true. So breaking the chain. So they must be so proud of you to be able to. Yeah,
1: I think they are. Um, You know, there's things that I think. Together, together we've been able to do that, you know, without having them near me, uh, might not be as possible. So I appreciate the support because no man or woman is an island. I believe that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree so much. Yeah. And so what is how is it now as an entrepreneur? Uh, hi, Asma. I see some people. Tell us where you're connecting from. Hello, Zahra. Hello, Asma. It's good to have you with us today. And if you have any questions to me or to the beautiful Karima, she's a, such an amazing lady, uh, you know, drop it in the chat. Yeah and we will answer it. So um, so now as an entrepreneur, how is it? You work with executives and the board. How do you see it from a gender perspective, but also for you as a, a woman and female rising right. in high level spheres?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I really love the work. I think that it's uh, absolutely indispensable because uh, we we set the tone at the top in 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 the corporate world and <clears throat> any organization where there is influence.
0: Donna is here. I want to say kuku to Donna, your friend. Hi, Donna. So good to have you with us. <laughs> so glad
1: to be here today. Uh,
0: yeah, she yes,
1: <laughs> Rhode Island. Uh, yeah. it, it's needed work, uh, yeah. and it's work that you know we really rely on so that we can sort of set the pace for everything that happens across the organization um, across uh, silos, because we're really interested in bridging silos. People talk about mm-hmm. breaking them, but we're yeah. about bridging them because we're trying to create an ecosystem uh, of leadership. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you say silos, is it silos within the organization or yes. is it different industries within the organization? Yes. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So bridging them, you mean bringing them to work together?
1: Yes. Greater communication, transparency, being able to uh, deal with risk management from a very proactive and also responsive uh, Mm. perspective, which is Mm. what a lot of organizations are failing at doing currently.
0: Yeah. So it's like having a certain coherence within their organization.
1: Yes, Mm. absolutely.
0: Oh, look at you got a lot of good stuff. Thanks, Afaf. (laughs) So, um, so let's, let's go back and I want to, you have something that really struck me in your bio is the awards nomination for your book and uh, Poise for Excellence. Can you tell us more? And if there is a link, whoever wants to get it and what is in the book? How, what are the fundamental principles that you really work towards? So guide us. Do that.
1: Okay. So writing my first book uh, was one of the great loves of my life. I've been wanting to write a book uh, since I was a child. And the opportunity came when I started on my own enterprise, because I really needed some thought leadership to ground and center the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a few years. The entire process took six years, uh, but we finally got to it. Um, Paul Grave McMillan uh, is um, the, the collaborator for the book. And as a result, when you, you, know, you write your first book, you want to get it out there, you want as many eyes and ears to see it as possible. And so we submitted it for a few different awards, including the NAACP Image Award, for which it was nominated and called down into a small group, I think about four or five um, individuals. And so um, very, very proud moment for me.
0: Congratulations. That's yeah. very big. Yes. That's amazing.
1: Uh, <laughs> when was that? When was it? Um in 2018 the book uh, came out and then it was nominated in 2019 in the beginning.
0: And so what brought you to actually launch the book in the United States military academy as oh. a what, yeah. what is you know it's so tell us more about the book itself about leadership mm-hmm. and why did you think about the military as a first step for leadership?
1: Yes, because the work I do is grounded in leadership development, I really needed a book that exemplified that so I can create guiding principles, a, a little bit more guidance for the people that I work with. And so because I have great respect for the military and particularly West Point, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the sort of uh, Valhalla, if you will, <laughs> yes, <laughs> where true. all um, great leaders are made and, and all great Which leaders true. look to for uh for additional guidance, uh, mm-hmm. they were very instrumental in bringing their core groups together and allowing me to lecture and really bring those principles to heart. So it was um, it was a collaborative effort that happened in the background that we brought to the forefront to bring the most attention around this book uh, centered on leadership. Forty principles within the book that really guide. 40,
0: yeah. 40. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a lot of principles and a lot of work to get them together.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well done. Well done. So how do they arrange? I mean what is what, like give us some examples
1: just okay. to have a feel. Yeah, Well, yeah. some examples in there, they kind of take you through what you consider the leadership process, sort of what you're thinking, what you're doing, uh, bridging collaboration with other people mm-hmm. and sort of looking at the long-term in terms of leadership. But for example, some of the principles uh, include being a lifelong learner because we know that leadership doesn't end when your academic career ends, um, it just begins there. And so to be a lifelong learner, to ground yourself in being open to knowing that you don't know everything as smart as you may be you don't so you need to keep on going so that's one of yeah one you,
0: of- yeah it's like it's a it's a journey of growth and evolution and it's a continuous journey yes and so, I think the best way to put it is that leaders are our students for life for leadership
1: we stop. we it. are and like, we can make any apologies
0: <laughs> no no apologies you know you like you learn always you elevate your leadership continuously Yes. And, and I think we, I mean, and you can be the highest leader. It's always interesting to listen to someone telling you about the way they view the principles because it will trigger something in you. Yes. Even if it's, it's nothing to do with, with others is teaching, but yes. you just want to see it from yep. an angle you didn't consider before.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another one of my favorite ones is uh, effective leadership is a life, uh, uh, excuse me, emotional intelligence is a lifeblood of effective leadership because we talk so much about technical skill sets when it comes to advancing your career or being all that you can be. We don't think about those germane principles that define who we are and how we deal with individuals on a daily basis and having that native sense for your own emotions for those of other people and being able to respect that and guide that is is the stuff of the gods and so that yeah. that's why
0: that, <laughs> that was yeah, yeah it is it's like spiritual more than anything it's like you you. it's almost there is a fine line between you know you what you do and the spirituality the energetics of another of the divine
1: yeah absolutely
0: that's interesting that you added also the emotional intelligence. How has it been taken? How do you take it from an angle, you know, you're a lawyer, you're a corporate. How do you bring that? You know, it's like
1: Yeah, because I think that's something that uh the rest of the world wants folks to tamp down on. They don't really respect it or value it. Uh sometimes it's considered They don't resource. even teach it. They don't teach it. And that's why it's been a big area for us because we find that more and more of the world, more and more industries really value that they realize that this is something that can change the face Mm -hmm. of the workforce, of the leadership, of every conversation. And we want to continue to drive that point home until everyone gets it enough that we don't have to do that. Uh, You know, it would take us out of work, but we we would- So true, it's
0: so true. And have you (laughs) seen some changes happening? Yes. really yes. in yes. good um,
1: meanings, you think yes uh, particularly across a spectrum because here's the thing a lot of times yeah. when we talk about say your ability to express your emotions uh yeah. again on a continuum sometimes we say if you express too much you're going to have a blow up and it's going to hurt your career you make it fired you make it a red note in, in your uh, file so we we're careful about the way people over express emotions say. right but yeah. on the other end There's this whole idea of being able to open your mouth and say something that matters, have the confidence to advocate for yourself. And that's on the other side, because a lot of people want to sort of keep you in a passive aggressive mode. And so Mm -hmm. we, we rail against that because we believe that every voice matters and we want to empower you at the gut level to be able to open your mouth and advocate for
0: yourself. I like that. But you know, but it also have to be careful about that, because if people express too much their emotions, Mm -hmm. then their logic and their intelligence goes down because more your emotions are high, more your intelligence is somewhere else. So it's it when you master. How to navigate through your emotions and still have a reasoning and a logic behind it, then you got it.
1: Right. That's self regulation. That's an integral point of uh, emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Yes, exactly.
0: Because emotional intelligence is not like, you know, it's not about expressing all your emotions. We don't want to hear everything. It's so true, you know, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of that. I mean, they confuse emotions into, you know, just splitting, it, all your vulnerability. No, don't yeah. give me that. It's a no.
1: delicate dance. It's a delicate <laughs> dance and we teach you to do it well, but yes, it is a dance for
0: sure. It is a dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't go and vomit everything. No, no. you get yourself grounded.
1: Yeah, you know? and then it creates a mosaic, which we can all appreciate and respect. I like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, because then you start understanding where the person is coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the most important thing to have that native context, you know, yeah. that ability to have empathy, because that's yeah. another component of emotional intelligence.
0: It yeah. is. You know, I wrote a lot about leadership and to me, leadership today is a leadership with empathy. That's the new era you are not leading the same way as management used to be which is like you do things you do that it's like no you lead with a lot of humanness in you and i think your book is timely because that emotional intelligence is what has been missing in you know the performance kpis and everything we're doing (laughs) indeed Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. so how do you translate that and still sound like a super professional yet you talk about emotions <laughs> <in> the <world? laughs>
1: because they live they live inside of me you know it's something that yeah. now I don't necessarily always have to co- be conscientious about um, because yes. it sort of lives inside of me, but we all need reminders. We all need to understand that we're human. We're, we're frail. Uh, we make mistakes <laughs> and make a mistake. Okay. As long as we learn from them and we can move on from, you know, the, the last experience. And that's, that's what it's about having that grace and empathy and drive to do better um, and mm-hmm. to help others around us do the same thing.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, I agree with you, and that sh- that doesn't diminish from your excellence and from your hard no. work when no. you have it. No, it, it no, should. I love it. <laughs> it should even polish it more and make it shine more. I think. Yes,
1: you can polish that stone till it becomes the diamond, you know, the diamond yes, is yeah, the diamond.
0: I love that image. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's fun. So I love that. So now today the book is, you know, I'm going to go get it because is it, where can we find it? You should, let's drop yes, a link to the book on website.
1: Amazon. It is on Amazon for all the world to see. If you have an Amazon account, you can just put in poise for excellence. It'll pop right up. Don't even need to go to the publisher's website. I think it's Amazon is much easier.
0: It is. And it's like, and it's poised for excellence because when yes. you, you know, we all run, I mean, you know, we are programmed to thrive for excellence. And really when you really want to be a lawyer, you know, your career, your academic uh, background shows that. And uh, more you add to it, that emotional intelligence, it makes you even, pushes you even higher up.
1: Absolutely. So
0: that, yeah. So how is your life today as an entrepreneur, as a female um,
1: yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I I love it. I will say that it has not. Not been without its challenges because sometimes we're un- underestimated, not just in the boardroom or in management, but in any room. Sometimes that we enter, they ex- expect a demure, sort of tamped down, uh, incompetent individual to kind of show up and sort of be in the background. But um, my work has taught me to feel comfortable in any room that I go in. Uh, certainly, yes. I have a long hair and um, mm-hmm. I, I own the room. You know, I make myself big in the room.
0: Um, the I mayor. love that. Oh, I love that. Own oh, the room. The room exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How how practically would you advise someone to feel that they own the room? Like, what is it? Uh, is it the attitude, important. the way you? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah.
1: When you're talking about how you hold yourself in a room, it has a lot to do with executive presence and the energy you bring, the intention you bring in the room. Intention. And you don't have to sort of cower in the corner. You know, hold your posture, give good eye contact, modulate mm-hmm. your voice. Um, there's a way of we call it talking down or speaking down when your voice is not up
0: here like it sounds like it's asking a question
1: you will get more resonance
0: with the Okay, people wait, well, this is very interesting. So you oh. actually you do not ask the question so do you start high and then put it down or you start down and then put i, it I down? try to
1: keep my voice modulated even except for when i'm expressing a particular kind of maybe strong emotion or making a point which yeah. means that my voice normally sounds like it does now it's very modulated i think it's rich um it doesn't it's sound profound. like I'm-
0: yeah, I like it. Okay.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's deep, you
0: know?
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't want to appear as if I'm asking a question when I'm not, or I'm unsure of what I'm saying, or unsteady. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because that's some, when you ask that uh, tone with question, it's like it's really uh, because you are in doubt, you doubt and you're not sure. Yeah. So it's a lack of confidence. Also. Yes. and and sometimes we do
1: that unconsciously uh because that's our knee jerk that's something we
0: always do that unconsciously yeah
1: Yeah.
0: and you're oh oh
1: and people are like oh oh (laughs) (laughs) you don't don't want that
0: (laughs) it's right it's so right Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so keep grounded keep calm
1: yes and, and be need to be there, be
0: present. Yes, be present. You know, because often women, when they come to those boardrooms and, those, you know, meetings where there are a lot of men, because it's mostly men still in the business world, um, you know, you feel intimidated by that. So it's yes. like, oh, my god, I'm going to put myself so small. I can even hide myself under the table so they don't even yeah. notice me. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the feeling that yeah. we get rid right of. We rail
1: against that. We rail against it.
0: on the table you know sometimes like okay it's okay just sit there i'll sit in the in the in the chair and on the back but it's never do that again
1: yeah integrate yourself Uh, learn to collaborate yes learn to lead
0: learn to lead And it starts by leading yourself first.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Speak to me. That is, you know, I talk about that idea within the book because one of the things I I remind myself of, too, is that once you stop, say, for example, becoming a learner, once you stop being open to criticism and understanding that you have gaps yourself, you forfeit the right to lead other people because you're in no condition. You're in no condition.
0: Exactly. Yes, I agree. And then and once. You come and actually think that emotional intelligence means being vulnerable and spilling everything about you. That's <laughs> not leadership. Or a better one is that when you didn't work out all the issues and uh, when you actually go and then talking like, you know, hold on, just let me go cry for a bit and then come back. You don't do that. You're a leader. You stand on top of all of that stuff. You work it out. Yes. And you need you yourself. Yes. And nobody's seeing it because often it's like, oh, what about if they see it? If they, if they <laughs>
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And, and that's one thing you can't really be afraid of. You have to sort of stand on the square, as we say, and uh, and let the chips fall where they may. And you might not always be perfect. I mean, perfect is a utopian value. So you mm-hmm. stand on the square, you say your piece and then you let the chips fall.
0: Yeah, we have a question for you here. Esme is asking if you can tell them more about your business and what you do with the helping corporations.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Wordsmith Rapport is dedicated to leadership development and org performance management. Part of the component of org performance management is looking at corporate governance. So we're looking at decision making in the boardroom between the board and management. Um, and that's a really big piece of our work that has started to expand uh, globally. So we're looking mm-hmm. at board members, making sure they have the right training, making sure that they comply with the law. If they're in the United States, Delaware law, which sort of guides our corporate principles. If they're outside, we look at that governing law. We look at changes within the law and how to stay abreast of them, their filings, what the government requires so that you don't get yourself into trouble and also keep individual board members away from liability because once a corporate bill is pierced, once they engage in behavior that creates liability, then we go straight to the source and uh, we want to avoid that at all
0: costs. But yeah i like that that's a good one which is like protecting board members and uh- and uh, themselves, right? As a person, yeah. Is that what you're referring to?
1: That's exactly what I'm referring to. And really, looking at what are the interests of the uh, corporation or the organization that you are charged with leading, because that—that that is the goal. I mean, that—that's why you're there. It's not mm-hmm. for your own self-interest. It's not for uh, sidebar dealings. It's to uphold that mission. And if you're not doing that, if you're not committed to that, if you don't have the time to commit to that, then you need to pluck yourself out mm-hmm. of that situation and perhaps go do something else.
0: Yes, very good. Wow, so that's really very useful and and absolutely timely today as corporations are spreading around the world and the legal frameworks changes, right, from one place to another.
1: Oh, it's it's always changing. It's like a a carousel, Ferris wheel carousel, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Good. <laughs> and I love the way you take that with so much, um, you know, with lightness, I mean, like with so much grace, because otherwise it's actually quite stressful, in fact, as yeah. work. Well.
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, and I would say, you know, for our point, you know, not not against any other industry or profession, the legal profession is wrought with that sort of stress and the results and consequences that come with that. So, you know, it, when you can avoid the worst result, it, it's to your benefit.
0: Yeah, we have another question, if you're up to it, from Donna, and she's saying how do you ensure one's corporate message from the top remains accurate and pure throughout the communication chain?
1: That's a great question, Donna, and thank you for asking that question. It really comes with the intention and sort of uh, establishing culture. Uh, Mm -hmm. Culture is something that's established intentionally. A lot of organizations don't recognize that. They sort of go along to get along and just wonder Mm -hmm. why things happen the way that they happen. So once you set culture intentionally, you are transparent and you set that value within the organization, then you can delineate that from the bottom to the top and from the top to the back and everywhere in between. And so it's a collaborative process. This is not a monologue from those that rail from the top and lead from the ivory tower, because we don't we don't uh, recommend that in terms of leadership strategy. But then you can integrate that principle into everything you do uh, within the organization.
0: Fascinating. Thank you. I think, Donna, this answer your question. And this is beautiful. Um, you know, I congratulate you for the amazing work you are doing, Karima, Mariama, Archer. You know those names, Karima, Mariama. We have them in this side of the world as well, you know?
1: Wow, and that's why I feel like I have, I've always had this spiritual calling, really yes. towards that part of the world. And in the last connected. year, I think,
0: I think it's like, true. True. it's through the names, like really. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. It wasn't by accident. I know. No, we're going more. Have right. Oh my God, absolutely not.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, what a delight for a conversation. You are such a delight, my dear Karima. And I am so impressed with your uh, you know, excellence in the work you do and on uh, you know, and putting that out there as a book for everybody to help and really share in this. I think that's really appreciative. More we do that, that's how we can change the world and wow. we can really encourage more women to do the same and men to do the same, because that's how we, you know connect with each other and we improve each other's lives. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Would you like to say some last words? I know you have a meeting, some kind of really, you told me. So where was that <laughs> one mm-hmm. comes from a lawyer, like, okay,
1: fine. <laughs> well, if I were to leave anyone with any closing thoughts, especially since we're at the beginning of the year and everyone's around, you know, resolutions and all of that, I would say be careful about the commitments that you make. And when you say no, mean it. And one quick uh, sort of advice that I say about giving giving this advice to myself is that when you are asked to do something and you're not quite sure if you want to say yes, don't respond right away. Take a moment, take a beat, go into meditation, look at your calendar, make sure not just physically that you can do it. Oh, I have space on my calendar, but mentally and emotionally is that the kind of added stress or activity that you want in your life. If you don't say no and mean it.
0: That's it. I love it. Make your word gold. Yes. yes is yes and no yes. is no that's it i think this is the best context for this year is like for every woman to stand on her word and mean it yes yeah mm-hmm. love that this is beautiful thank you so much for iron us today karima it has been delightful and fun and uh thank you everyone zahra is saying one last thing a session that gives a brick to the work of the women, empowerment of women Thank you Zahra and thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, sending you so much love everyone. Thank you for being with us and I'll see you in the internet. Bye everyone.
1: Bye bye. <laughs>